0: This is WKYG, What Keeps You Going Podcast. Hello, welcome back. And if you're a new listener here, welcome. I'm your host, Meg, a lover of running, community, and constant learning. If you're seeking growth, inspiration, and knowledge, you're in the right place. This podcast is all about building momentum and achieving peak performance, success, and fulfillment across various spectrums in life. Before I dive into today's topic, I want to share a little story with you. I was having one of those days where every priority on my agenda was more important than my run. As a runner, you know runs happen on the daily, not just for training physical purposes, but for mental benefits too. I knew I had to get this run in and finally around mid-afternoon I was like oh my god I need a break or I am going crazy. So I decided to go for my run. I looked out my window and I was like oh the weather looks gross. It's bleak, cloudy, rainy, perfect. Matches my mood. So I pulled myself together, got my run clothes on and I was like this fresh air is going to do me wonders. I need it, and I'll feel way better afterwards. Finally, I made it outside my apartment building, and my apartment building is kind of weird because there are no side exits or back exits. There is only one exit, and it's right out front, and there's another apartment building facing my apartment building. So everyone who happens to look out their window at the time I depart from my run can see when I'm going for my run. And I have literally become known as that runner. Most people in my building don't really know my name, but when they see me, they say, oh, there she goes again. There's that runner. And I mean, sometimes it's nice, but most times I want to be a fly on the wall. And I don't want to be noticed as that crazy runner. Please, just let me do my thing without making a comment or telling me I'm going for a run again because I know I am. Thanks. But don't get me wrong, there have definitely been some good moments when strangers will say, You know, I see you out running so much and it inspired me to give running a shot. Hearing things like that is so incredible because I love having a positive influence on someone, especially when it benefits their physical and mental health. But on this particular day, as I was about to take off and start my watch, this random elderly gentleman said to me, Hey you, have a great run, giving me the biggest smile and thumbs up out of nowhere. And despite not knowing him at all, I gave him a thumbs up and a smile back, saying, Thanks! I will! And off I went on my run. Little did I know that I already created the outcome of my run, thanks to the help of that sweet stranger. In that split second, I decided I was going to have a good run. As I got going, I wasn't expecting much, even with that nice interaction I had. I just let my mind go blank, and my thoughts flow freely. Once I was 20 minutes into my run, I was like, I'm going to do a little workout here. And it was such great timing. I mean, it was still raining, but the sun started to poke through the clouds. In South Africa, we call this a monkey's wedding. A monkey's wedding is when it's sunny and raining at the same time. And it gets even better. So I was just beginning this workout during a monkey's wedding, and this beautiful rainbow came out of nowhere. And for the remainder of my run, I felt like I was running towards a pot of gold because this rainbow wasn't going anywhere. It was right in front of me, all the way back to where I started. It gave me this feeling that luck was on the horizon. Maybe I wasn't going to literally reach a pot of gold, but I knew the universe or something was giving me a good sign. Once I finished my run, I was like, wow, that was so special. Then I was like, wait a minute, did that elderly gentleman bless me, or what just happened? He was definitely not a leprechaun. However, his encouragement did help me. But ultimately, it was me agreeing that yeah, I was going to have a good run. I responded with hope and confidence. And that proved to me that my thoughts and beliefs are potent they have the power to form and shape my outcomes, my reality, and my destiny. All right, I hope you're ready because I'm ready to get into the nitty-gritty of today's episode about mastering your inner game. Spoiler alert, it's not about receiving coaching, affirmations, maintaining positivity, or relying solely on talent. No. If you have all the talent in the world, but you are sometimes your own worst enemy or worst critic, you are going to end up beating yourself before your opponent does. Imagine if I started that run saying, this run is going to suck. What does that stranger even know? I would not have had the run I had. And yeah, it's necessary to be realistic. It's not always going to be rainbows and butterflies. But we do have the ability to train our thoughts, our beliefs, and our attitudes to set us up for success, not hinder it. Picture this. You're gearing up for an interview, feeling pretty good about yourself, but then, out of the blue, Self-doubt crashes in like a tidal wave. Suddenly, you're second-guessing everything, wondering if you're even ready for this. You attempt to ease those pesky insecurities, but that impending sense of failure still hanging over you like a dark cloud. And before you know it, you're stumbling over your words, making silly mistakes. And deep down, you knew your mind had thrown you under the bus before you even stepped through the door. On the flip side, maybe you've had those moments where you just knew you were going to nail it before you even started. You were cool as a cucumber, feeling totally confident and in the zone. Your mind was laser-focused, not a hint of self-doubt or distraction in sight. Suddenly, you were killing it, making the interviewer laugh and pulling off skills you didn't even know you had. It's all about your inner game. If you can master that, you'll be unstoppable, no matter what field you're playing on, be it the track, the office, or life itself. After devouring this book that I got called The Inner Game of Tennis, I had a lightbulb moment. So much of what the author talks about applies to pretty much every sport and aspect of life. And you know what? I want to dig deeper, but let's do it from a runner's point of view. First off, let's talk coaches. Sure, they mean well, but sometimes they can be a bit... much. Do we really need a whole laundry list of critiques every time we make a move? Like, shorten your stride, increase your turnover. Relax those shoulders, don't tense up. Keep your arms at a 90 degree angle. Drive your knees forward, not up. It's too much information. I'm with the author on this one. Less is more. Give me one simple direction and I'm golden. My current coach does a great job of this, but I'm talking in general terms. And let's not forget about the praise. Oh boy, too much positivity can be just as suffocating as a never-ending stream of feedback. Growing up, my parents had it right. They kept it chill. None of that, you're the best in the world stuff when I succeeded. Just a simple, good job, keep it up. You know what? It worked like a charm. It gave me the space to grow without the pressure to be perfect all the time. When it comes down to it, it's not about what others are telling us or even the pep talks we give ourselves. It's about having that unwavering belief in yourself before you even step foot into that interview, that race, or any other opportunity that comes your way. And let's circle back to that book I mentioned earlier. The author really hits the nail on the head. Confidence is everything. It's like, you've got to have that fire in your belly, you know? Without it, well, you're basically setting yourself up for a flop. So even if you're feeling a bit unprepared, or like you're not quite ready, I say go for it anyway. Dare yourself to strut in there with confidence, leaving all those doubts and fears at the door. Trust me, you might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. The more you keep going after your goals, believing in yourself with every fiber of your being, the more you're setting yourself up for success. It's like planting seeds of confidence that grow into something incredible over time. You might be thinking, well, I don't have a lot of confidence to begin with, so how can I fake it? Here's the thing, you can't fake confidence. You know how they say fake it till you make it? Well, that's likely to backfire. Because if you fake it once and it works in that moment, it doesn't mean that you're going to continue feeling good and confident about yourself and other areas of your life. Confidence is not something you can slap on like you would applying sunscreen. Hate to break it to you, but it takes some work. It's not just about the action. It's also about cultivating inner wisdom. It's about acknowledging your own awesomeness, recognizing your great qualities, and believing in yourself and your ability to achieve your dreams. That's the blend of self-love and self-belief that we all need to fuel our confidence with. This inner transformation happens in the everyday moments, while brushing your teeth, hanging out with friends, or pursuing the things that light you up. As you invest time and effort into yourself and your passions, you'll develop a deeper love for what you're doing and a stronger belief in your abilities. And hey, if you just keep showing up, nudging into those uncomfortable zones and facing those little fears head-on, you'll find yourself growing more confident before you even realize it. Continuous improvement and self-reflection are the keys to building lasting confidence. What we believe and practice, we become. So practice what you preach. If you're convinced you'll bomb that race because of X, Y, and Z, chances are you won't do too well. If you're already convinced that lack of sleep is going to tank your presentation, it probably will. And if you keep telling yourself, I perform better in practice than in actual competitions or races, then, well, that pattern is likely to continue. Your thoughts have a lot of power over your outcomes. Control your mindset and you're steering your destiny. Practice confidence and you're paving the way for greater success. Remember, confidence isn't some magical trait you're either born with or without. It's something everyone can cultivate. And once you've got it, it's like having this bulletproof shield. Suddenly, what others think or say, what your competition is up to, it's all background noise. Having unshakable confidence can take you places. Even when things don't go as planned. That rock-solid confidence helps you bounce back faster. It propels you forward and reminds you that there are always more opportunities, more races, more chances waiting for you. You don't have to be the toughest or the sharpest tool in the shed, but I do encourage you to strive to be the most self-assured version of yourself possible. And I don't mean in an arrogant way, not shouting it out for all to hear. Instead, it's about that quiet, subtle confidence. A quote I really resonate with is this. It's not what you say to everyone else that determines your life. It's what you whisper to yourself that has the greatest power. That's some big truth right there. Now, let's talk about a couple more points the author of The Inner Game of Tennis touches on. Often, we're advised to think positive or work harder in order to win or improve. While these things certainly have their place, they're not always the most effective approach we perform at our best when the mind is quiet. It's not about pumping yourself up with positive self-talk to tackle those insecurities, distractions, or fears. Nope. We tackle that tough internal stuff with silence. Quiet down your conscious mind and trust in yourself. As the author puts it, great music and art are said to arise from the quiet depths of the unconscious. And true expressions of love are said to come from a source which lies beneath words and thoughts. Same with the greatest efforts in sports. They come when the mind is as still as a glass lake. My top workouts and races? They happen when my mind isn't racing. I'm not worrying about who's ahead or behind, or how I'll get to the end. My mind is blank. I'm fully immersed in the moment. But when thoughts bubble up and I give attention to them, it messes with my flow. So it's all about acknowledging they're there, but not getting caught up in them. If there's a runner up ahead that you want to pass, it's about quietly knowing that you can catch them by holding a steady pace and staying focused. And before you know it, you'll have closed the gap effortlessly, without stressing. When your mind urges your body to rush and catch up, it creates tension, which disrupts the smoothness needed for efficient movement. By staying rhythmic, maintaining light breathing, and keeping relaxed, you'll see yourself soar and be able to find your stride and power naturally. The less your mind interferes, the stronger your internal game will be, which will boost your performance. But of course, when you're nearing the finish line, it is go time. Give it your all. But in the beginning and middle, it's all about staying composed. That's what helps you endure and succeed. Another way to master your inner game is by meditating. Meditating is an effective way to help you better concentrate under pressure and ignore distractions. Just as thoughts come and go during meditation sessions, the same happens during training or racing, especially when your body starts to fatigue. When those intrusive thoughts start creeping in, it's essential to deal with them calmly. Instead of getting caught up in a whirlwind of judgment, Labeling the thoughts as good or bad, it's more beneficial to let them pass without attaching any significance to them. This mirrors meditation. Focus on your breath and it will help you keep a clear mind despite the chatter. Meditation leads to calmness and with calmness comes enhanced mental clarity even when the pressure is on. Calmness is like having a superpower, and it's something you can develop with practice. For instance, try staying calm in noisy, chaotic, and uncomfortable situations. Imagine being on a crowded bus, squeezed between two people who smell bad, are loud, and maybe even intoxicated. It's not a pleasant experience, but instead of letting frustration take over, Focus on remaining calm. You have no clue if they'll be there for the next 10 minutes or next hour. You can't control them or their behavior, but you can control your reaction. Similarly, during a long run, as your legs start to ache and tiredness sets in, you have a choice. You can either let those sensations take a hold of you, or you can acknowledge they're there and just let it be. Embrace the discomfort without resisting it. In sports, it's essential to face suffering, pain, and obstacles with a sense of calmness. As runners, we've all encountered pedestrians who won't make way for us on the sidewalk. Instead of getting agitated, I simply say, I'm on your left. And if they don't move, I just go around them. No big deal. It's not worth wasting energy on frustration. My mantra is, I will challenge adversity with composure. Another way to boost your focus and master your inner game is cold therapy. It's not a new trend. Influencers like Wim Hof and Nordic Spas worldwide have been promoting this idea of embracing discomfort by plunging into freezing water. Sure, dipping into icy lakes or oceans isn't exactly a walk in the park, but it builds up your mental resilience. Have you ever noticed that when you're submerged in that bone-chilling water, your mind goes oddly quiet? It's like all thoughts vanish, poof, and you're left in a state of serene calmness. The more you do it, the more you feel invigorated and empowered. But what's truly remarkable is the clarity it brings afterward. It's in those moments of discomfort that we truly need to quiet our minds. So the next time you hit a rough patch in your workout, focus on fluidity. Stay in the moment and find your zen. Incorporating a weekly or a few times a month dip in cold water, or starting your morning with an icy shower every now and then, can prep you to handle tough situations, not just in sports, but also in life and work. Both meditation and cold therapy are excellent ways to help you drown out both the external chaos and the internal chatter. The final point I want to make, often after a letdown or a missed goal, the typical reaction thrown our way is, try harder, work harder. But in reality, when we're performing at our peak, it's the complete opposite. We're not exerting extra effort or pushing ourselves harder. Everything just falls into place effortlessly. We act almost instinctively without even pausing to think. We're in the zone, experiencing what psychologists call flow or a peak experience. So the next time you're striving for success, remember, loosen up, take a breath and see what unfolds without forcing or tensing up. Alright, as we wrap up today's discussion, let's reflect on what we've learned about mastering your inner game. It's essential to recognize that true change begins from within, before it manifests externally. Our inner state of mind greatly influences our outcomes, whether it's acing that interview, executing a mind-blowing performance, or achieving victory in any endeavor. Athletes take note. While physical training is vital, nurturing a strong mindset is paramount. Conquering the internal battle against self-doubt and insecurity matters more than beating external competitors. Don't forget, mastering your inner game is an ongoing journey, not a destination. That's it for today. Thanks for listening to WKYG. Be sure to tune in next week for an episode all about how our tribe helps us thrive. This one is going to be more than just surrounding yourself with the right kind of people, but how friendships are not only an investment in yourself, but can help you achieve your dreams too. Until then, keep the faith and keep going.